You are listening to Bicycle Retail Radio, brought to you by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. My name is Lara Neighbors. I work for Bicycle Sport Shop in Austin, Texas. I am the Community Engagement Coordinator. I uh, am an advocate for women. I am an advocate for kids and work very hard to break down all the barriers um, to get people on bikes. My name is Lisa Crampton. I live in Crested Butte, Colorado, uh, where I have a business called Chopwood Mercandiles, so please come visit. I also work for Pivot Cycles. In the past, I've been the marketing manager. Currently, I am the NICA coordinator, and I help with various events around the country, various demos, and I am very lucky to get to be able to do both. Hi, Lisa. Hi, good morning, Laura. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. I'm excited to uh, talk to you today. I as well. I'm excited to learn about you today and uh, strengthen that friendship just a little bit more. Yes. So tell me a little about yourself. Why do you think Brandy chose me and you to have a little chat today? It's interesting. And um, I sent her a message after you and I spoke for the first time and I told her she's an amazing matchmaker. I think we're soul sisters. I think she paired us together because we, we both look at things through a different lens. As women being pretty close in age, we've been in this industry for a long time. We really care about people. We care about the industry. It's not just about selling bikes, um, making money or winning races. We truly care about people. Absolutely agree. I feel like with what we are currently doing in this industry, it, it's very obvious how much we care. And, and that brings us to our topic. But I, I want to answer or get a few other questions answered before we get into the depth of why we're here, both being women, both being um, strong women and, and encouraging women and kids to get in this industry. How did you get in the industry? I I fell into it. I've always ridden bikes, you know, since I was a kid. I, I've always had a bike. I moved to Austin, Texas about 20 years ago and discovered mountain biking, which is magical in my opinion. I started doing a few races here and there and I got involved with Bicycle Sports Shop and they were sponsoring me and I went into the shop all the time. I knew absolutely nothing about my bike except, you know, get on it and pedal fast. That's all I knew. I was also a massage therapist at the time and had been for about 13 years. And between that and racing mountain bikes, it started taking a toll on my hands, wrists, and arms. And the manager there suggested that I work there part-time. And you know, I was like, sure, I'll do this part-time. That was over seven years ago. <laughs> and it turned into full-time. I left for a while because I thought, I've got to get a real job. You know, I can't work in a bike shop. I've got to get a real job. And I was miserable. And I came back to Bicycle Sports Shop. But I knew I needed more than retail. That wouldn't 
satisfy me. So I created clinics. I got certified as a bike fitter. And the rest is history. Here I am seven years later. (laughs) So you had that aha moment about what your purpose was. I did. You know, I've always known that helping people is my purpose in life. I feel very strongly about that. If you can help someone, if you're able to, then you should do it. And to be able to do that through my passion, which is riding bikes, is amazing. And I feel so grateful to have a a platform like Bicycle Sports Shop to do that. Absolutely. And so when we talked um, before we got together here, we talked a lot about women and we also talked about the next generation, the next generation of kids. I'm heavily involved in the NICA program in Arizona through my work at Pivot Cycles. I believe that really strongly and I feel that you do also that kids are our future in this industry. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, I I feel the same way and I've I've coached for NICA as well. I'm not currently doing that. I'm involved with Little Bellas. I'm sure that you've heard of Little Bellas. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, it's a mountain bike organization uh, for little girls ages, I believe it's seven through 13. And it's, it's mentoring on mountain bikes, but we aren't focused on creating bike racers. It is more about helping them realize their potential through cycling. They learn, they learn so many things. They don't, they don't even realize they're learning life lessons. They are just out there having fun with other young girls and women on bikes, but they're learning how to be leaders. They're also learning how to follow, you know, because some of us like to lead all the time. I'm not saying that's me, but um, (laughs) but they learn how to follow. They learn how to work as a team. They learn how to set goals. We promote healthy lifestyles and, and something that I think one of the things that really impacted me that this program does, we teach them about food as fuel. We call it fuel. Um, it's not a reward because you rode your bike. We talk about, you know, we need to start. We always have a snack break during our sessions. And we talk about food in a way that, you know, you need to refuel your body so you can be strong. And um, that that really impacted me because I know I've always thought of it as a reward <laughs> or Right. Um, yeah. So just teaching them a healthy, a healthy relationship with food has been, I don't know, it's really neat. I, what I love about kids, especially the little, the younger ones is they haven't been quote ruined yet. You know, they haven't been influenced as deeply by their peers or by people older than them. And, and they still ride for the joy of riding. And, and I find myself wanting to ride with kids sometimes or even skiing because I ski too with kids, my friend's kids more than I want to ski with their parents. (laughs) I feel the same way. I look forward with the program. It's an eight week program during the spring. And it's like my mental break every week because they are in the moment. And I honestly feel like they've taught me more than I've taught them because I'm a better person because of this program. And yeah, I'm in the moment. For two and a half hours, I'm 100% in the moment 
on my bike, riding, playing games, singing songs, dancing, being silly, and not worrying about anything. So, yeah, it, it, I crave it as well. I love it. <laughs> It's it's magical. And for anybody out there listening that's never had a reason or had the opportunity to go ride with just kids, no other adults, do it because I think it'll change your perspective. It will absolutely change your perspective. And you start looking at things so differently and, and asking questions, you know. Absolutely. And and their answers to questions are so different than what you and I would answer. And I think that there's right. something very fresh and freeing about that because they see things so simply. And, and maybe that's what it is for me that's so refreshing about riding with kids. And, you know, at Pivot, we have what we call the Pivot Chill Zone at, at races in Arizona. And, and to be able to sit in there and just watch them unwind from racing versus how I've seen adults or myself unwind from a race. I, I learn from it and, and, you know, we think that we're older than them and we can never learn from them, but you, you totally, it's, it's magical. I, you know, I think we unlearn how to be authentic, <laughs> you know, we, we unlearn that kids have it. They've got it right. <laughs> yes. I agree. Their authentic self. And that brings up something else I was thinking about driving into work today was, was the emotional side of cycling and, and how different, why men and women ride for different reasons. And, and I feel really strongly about that. And I, I'm kind of popping this question to you or this thought pattern to you without getting to think about it first. But it's, to me, women ride for a very different reason than men ride and that's why I prefer riding with women but there's times I do like to ride with men too don't get me wrong but I feel like groups of women don't mind stopping and chatting and we can get all carried away with being out on the ride whether it's a mountain bike ride or a road ride about where we are and what we see where guys are always just like go 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 and, and how do you feel about that what's your experience well I, I absolutely agree my my husband and I, it's funny, he'll he'll ask me on a Saturday or Sunday, are you going to go on one of your soul rides or do you want to go <laughs> ride with me? And I'm like, I need a soul ride. And the definition of that is I am, I don't know where I'm going. I'm going to either get on my mountain bike or my cyclocross bike. And I have no plan, no route. And I'm just going to go wherever the wind blows me. And I'm going to take pictures of flowers and butterflies and snakes and clouds and, you know, whatever. Um, he doesn't really do that. <laughs> and I don't know a lot, a lot of men that do, and that's okay. Um, yeah. And there, there are times I want to go out and, and hammer and just, I don't want to look at anything except the trail, but yeah, it, it's different riding with women. We, we do ride for different reasons for sure. And neither is right or wrong. It's just different, you know? Yeah, I agree. And and I know working in bike shops the majority of my life, as have you, that when couples come into the bike shop, I get really frustrated when the guy <laughs> wants to ask all the questions for the oh. significant other. And, and that used to be one of my things. And I would literally step between the husband and the woman or the wife or whatever, you know, the relationship was and, and direct my questions at her and, and because I don't feel like men and women ride for the same reasons. 
always. Oh no, they don't. I mean, no. And I've, I've done the exact same thing. And like on the down low, I'll, I'll look at the woman and be like, Hey, what, what do you want to do? <laughs> do you want yes. this, you know, do you want this huge mountain bike or do you want a hybrid to, to ride around the neighborhood? Like, what do you, what do you want? Because it's okay. You know, what, whatever you yes. want to do is, is the right answer. <laughs> Yeah, and and I want women to know that they get to pick the bike that they are going to ride and and I think it's very very important that it's their choice and not something that someone thinks and and this is just my experience is you know you you are in a city shop, I'm in a mountain shop. So we have similar but different experiences perhaps, but my favorite thing is being out on a ride with a bunch of guys and all of a sudden the guy takes my bike and he starts messing with my suspension and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 back up." you know, the boss, I, it's oh. not where I want it. And whether it's my husband or a friend of my husband's or somebody who works in the industry and works on suspension, perhaps, you know, that, and I see that with other people too, guys doing that to their girlfriends. And, and I want women to feel empowered in this sport because it's empowered me. And so I can, you know, I want to see these women be able to stand up for themselves and say, no, I know it might not be how you would ride the bike, but it's the suspension setup or whatever or the stem or the width of the handlebars or what the saddle, whatever, you know, just, I want women to know that they can say how they like their bike to feel. Absolutely. And it, it, it really bothers me that there's an assumption that we need help <laughs> that, yes. that we don't know. I, I teach women's clinic for bicycle sports shop and something that I, one of my biggest focus is, teaching them that they are cyclists. I tell them, I make them say it to me. I am a cyclist. You you don't have to have on a kit, a matching kit and fancy shoes and all the things. You can have on a t-shirt and gym shorts and a hybrid. You're still a Absolutely. cyclist. And yep. that has been one of the most powerful things I feel like that I've done for these women, but I mean, they cry, they'll start crying. They're like, Oh my gosh, I, I am a cyclist. I deserve this. I, I can do this. You know, I don't have to look like, you know, what we see. And this bothers me a little bit because I'm like, what are we as an industry telling women they have to look like to be a cyclist? You, you don't have to be the, the young 20 something 110 pounds with, you know, carbon road bike. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about those women. They're amazing. But a cyclist can look any way and be any size and dress and whatever they want to dress and, and ride any type of bike they want to ride. Um, and I, I, that is a, a point that I drive home over and over. I think that's very important. Well, I think we're seeing more industry vendors appealing to that. You know, Shredley Women's Shorts, she's making sizes, I think, to a 24 or something. And so here's all shapes and sizes are finally starting to be able to have uh, accessible to them clothing that fits right. You know, there's there's a saying, we're not small men. And, and I think right. that um, us, a lot of years we we had to wear men's specific bike shorts at the time. They might not have called them that, but they were. And, you know, just different fits of things, whether it was bikes and stuff. I'm not totally pro women's fit bikes. I think there's women 
that do and, and good for them. It, there's just so much out there that I think we're finally getting recognized. And, and I, I really, a lot of times hope that the shops have women and that emotional side of their business to be able to cater to the women. And I think women's programs like you are going to allow that to happen. And I really am psyched for you. Uh, what's one of your great experiences in one of your women's clinics? Oh, God, there have been so, there have been so many. There was a woman, I, I, I begin my clinic. Well, first of all, I keep the clinic small. I think it's important. I'm the, I'm the only instructor and they're typically anywhere from seven to 10 women. And we circle up, we introduce each other. And, uh, one of the women, she, she was keeping, you know, she was staying away from the group. She had a road bike and, uh, I, I got her to, you know, I'm like, what's your name? And let's, let's say her name was Cheryl. She's like, my name is Cheryl, but I'm not really a cyclist. And I just looked at her. I could, I don't know. I could tell she was just beaten down. I don't know what she was going through in her life. And I said, no, you, you are a cyclist. You're standing there with a bike. And you're at a clinic, you're, you're a cyclist. And she, she almost left the clinic. We were, we moved from away from the shop and we were headed to an, an area, a, a large parking lot where I hold the clinics and she hung back and I went back and talked to her and she was like, I'm just going to leave. You know, she started crying and I was like, I don't know. I just looked at her and I was like, I've been where you are. I get it. I don't know what you're going through, but I get it. And you can do this. You just have to believe it. I believe you can, you know, please trust me. And she, she rejoined the clinic for the next two and a half hours. And, you know, at the end of the clinic, she, she, she said, I'm a cyclist and believed it. And it was just so, it was so amazing. And I will never, ever forget that because I don't know. I I really felt that heaviness that she was carrying around, and um, and again, I don't know what it was about, but at the same time, I could really feel it and understand it. So, but there have been a lot of moments like that in clinics where the women almost leave, and and I talk them off, you know, talk them off the edge and bring them back in, and and they're so glad that they stayed. But that one moment that I just described sticks out in my mind. And I think that's exactly what women's clinics are about. I think that women have a tendency to excel quicker, faster, quickly when they're around other women. It's a safer environment for them. And I feel that what you're doing, there's just, it's priceless. And other women's clinics that I've seen in different places, different, there's more women's only events whether it's a mountain bike festival, whether it's three-day clinics. I've been to the Betty Bash up in Denver, and it's such a great environment for women to excel in. And and I love, at the Betty Bash, they do this thing, it's called a drag race, and it's all these guys that might be mechanics or whatever um, have a race, and they have to dress in drag to be able to race. (laughs) And, And to me, you know, that's having fun with the guys that are necessary perhaps because they're demo drivers whatever but the fact that they they still find a way to include them so that they're not totally ostracized but yet they find a fun way to include them and and I feel that that was probably 
four years ago that I went to that. But I think if I went back to that event today, it would be awesome to see more women demo drivers, more women mechanics. um, Yes. And, and I'm seeing that more and more. And, and I think that that's been because of women's clinics, because of starting them younger on bikes. And, and that is all going to be a result that we're going to see increased in our, in our industry. And, and I think that's powerful for the industry, not just uh, women themselves, but in bike shops seeing that in bike shops and seeing more women hopefully working in bike shops because I feel like sometimes that's a tough one. Yeah, I agree. And a struggle I'm having right now is helping the men understand that we're not leaving you out. This isn't, you know, I don't hate men. I'm, I'm married to a wonderful man that I love. I have a lot of great male friendships that, that it's, I'm not anti-man, but we need our space and we need our time with each other because what I get from my female relationships, I cannot get anywhere else. Um, yep. Simply because they are women. And I'm lucky that my, you know, my husband understands that and I understand he needs the same thing, but it, it has been a bit of a struggle to, to get people to understand that, you know, and, but I, you know, I won't stop. I'm going to keep on, keep on doing my thing, (laughs) whether they understand it or not, because I know how important it is. And I know that the vibe when it's just women is completely different. Yep. And now a brief message from our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Marsha McLennan Agency, a leader in bicycle industry insurance. With MMA, you'll find the peace of mind that comes from knowing you have the insurance protection you need. MMA serves three primary segments of the bike insurance industry, retail bike shops, bicycle product suppliers and manufacturers, and bike trail builders. They provide coverage that is uniquely tailored to your risks, led by Scott Chapin, an agent who knows the bicycling world and business. Find out more at MarshMMA.com. So do you think in your area, do you see more women working in bike shops? Is that still a hard sell to get women? I do. I think, I mean, honestly, and, and I don't know the statistics, but I've seen, I would say just in the past three years in the Austin area, at least, more women working in shops. And more female mechanics as well. That's so um, awesome. Yeah, we really, I know we have four shops in Austin and we have female mechanics, female managers, of course, females working on the, the sales floor. Hill Abel, I mean, he's a huge advocate for women and he, he will promote them and put them in positions of power. And I love that about him. No, he'll, he'll some, of, some of that, some of that might be him, you know, just who he is. But I, I feel like I'm seeing that in other bike shops as well. I do too. I, I feel it's, it's been a little slower to come in the mountain towns, but I also feel that's the demographic, you know, mountain towns are predominantly male anyway. I see that ratio, you know, I think when I first moved to Crested Butte 33 years ago, it was like 12 to one and the bike shop that I eventually worked in sold t-shirts that said, you don't lose your girlfriend, you lose your turn. And um, oh. 
I always thought, well, that's changing, you know, at least now it's probably more like four to one now, women to men right. in, in town in general. So it's a smaller demographic, you know, but I also feel like we have some great, great mentoring in, in Crested Butte. And, and I'm very lucky to live here because we do have a lot of really strong women and women that, you know, I know when I got out of the valley, I had no clue what I'd been a part of going through the history of, of mountain biking here in Crested Butte. And I went and I worked at Crank Brothers and that was very eye opening going from Crested Butte to LA <laughs> um, oh. in the industry. <laughs> it's how my, how things have changed. And that was in 2010 and, and, and then working at Pivot Cycles and seeing, being the first woman to work at Pivot besides the owner's wife to now having at one point, we had almost as many women as men there. It's it's changed a little bit as Pivot's grown. But even being in that, you know, not just the, the space, the bike shop, but being in the industry on the backside and seeing it grow there, we have two or three women that are picking parts at Pivot. And, and that's not something that's been in the past. And so I like to see this integration and this empowerment and and see it grow and and I know that um, we have a women's ten person team at Epic Rides um, Old Pueblo. How awesome is it to have that many oh, people yes. women's team? And and I oh, want to reiterate what, amazing. You, what you said is it's not you know I'm not a man hater I'm not any of that but I just want to see women feel like they belong in the industry. And and I know there's I was at a IBD summit once in this guy stood up at the IBD summit and said how he didn't know why dressing rooms were so important. We were talking about dressing rooms and how they need to be nice and stuff. And he said, I don't know why my shop, it's just my storeroom. Nobody ever used it. So it's just my storeroom. And, And I just thought that is crazy. Obviously you don't, you know, go there. Wow. And I heard a, right. And I heard a um, statistic, I don't know, probably 10 years ago, that 68% of the purchases in the bike industry were by women. So why was that statistic so high, but yet we weren't represented? You know, and 10 years ago, we didn't have a lot of women's bike brands and things like that available for shops to buy or to buy into. So that's, it's to me, it's very impressive to see how that's grown. That is something that I feel like bike shops need to really pay attention to as well, because even if women aren't in the shop buying a bike, they still have most of the buying power <laughs> as yeah. far as, I don't know how many men have been like, I've got to check in with the boss, you know, <laughs> yeah. before they buy whatever. So, I mean, we have to focus, we've got to start focusing more on women. Um, it It is still a male dominated industry, but it is changing just slowly. Absolutely. And I think it's people like you and, and other women that work in bike shops, you know, keep charging, keep doing what you're doing. And, and it just know that how important it is to introduce people to being out in the woods or wherever you choose to ride your bike, a back road, um, yeah. you know, a road bike, whatever. There's something not just for women, for everyone, for kids. It's very freeing. I love seeing kids out riding and seeing the backcountry. We had a kid in a Nike race down in Arizona who was um, out racing and a bear ran in front of him on the course. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it, it was funny, but and interesting and scary and all those things. But the kid happened to be from the city of New Mexico, which I'm sure that's not the first time he's seen a bear. 
so he knew to stop and let the bear go on his merry little way. And then he got back on his bike and nobody knew about it until he casually mentions to his dad that he saw this bear. Now, what if it would have been an <laughs> inner Phoenix kid that had that experience? You know, would that have turned him off from cycling forever or would it enhance his experience? You know, yeah, because it enhanced mine. <laughs> I don't know if it would enhance mine. I'm just being honest. (laughs) It's the different experiences that different people have, and you never know what's going to turn the light bulb on for somebody, I guess is my point. Yeah, and I wanted to go back to NICA and Little Bellas. Something that I love about these programs, and I've seen it over and over again, it brings kids together that, you know, might not have ever met, and it I feel like the bicycle really levels the playing field. Um, Maybe you aren't a basketball player or a cheerleader or soccer player, but you can ride a bike. And I think that's beautiful. Everyone can ride a bike and getting them out, you know, off the, the screen, off their phone in the woods. And I, people that are listening, I promise you, if you get a kid on a bike, out in the woods, they will start telling you their life story. <laughs> yeah. They'll start talking. And it's it's magic. It really is. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I just I love that that the bike can do that. It can and it brings people together. We have a club, um, a bicycle sports shop club, and it brings people together from all walks of life that literally would have never met each other or hung out. They all come together and ride bikes. So bikes are awesome. I heard a while back that that um, road biking was the new golf for corporate um, meetings. Have you seen anything like that? Have you heard of anything like that? We do that sometimes. I There's a manager that works for us, and she will invite other managers to go for a bike ride. And they have their meetings like that. And a lot of people um, here in Austin are doing that. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's, you know, again, it's outside, it's feeling the wind in your hair and, you know, bugs in your teeth and, and anything that gets people out, I think is, is pretty awesome. What's, do you have a favorite childhood memory of your own on your bike? Oh my gosh, I do. I, I'm smiling so big right now. Yes. My sixth birthday, I was in kindergarten and, uh, well, let me back up. There was a bike that I had wanted forever. Um, I lived in a small town in, te- in North Central Texas, Bonham, Texas, and there was a little hardware store that we would drive by every day, and there was a bike in the window that I, oh my gosh, I would just I have my face pressed against the car window looking at this bike, and my dad would take me in, and I would look at it, and so on my sixth birthday. My dad picked me up from kindergarten and purposely drove by that hardware store and there was no bike (laughs) in the window. And my heart was broken. I'm like, great. Someone bought that that beautiful banana seat bike, that blue sparkling (laughs) bike. And I mean, it just, I was like, oh. And I can still remember the windows were down and the wind blowing, and I was just, like, devastated. Well, we drive 
we pull into the driveway of our house and that bicycle is sitting in the front yard. It had a kickstand, of course. So there she sat in all her beauty. It had a blue banana seat, I remember. And the bike was blue and orange and it sparkled. It had the beautiful white basket with the three daisies on the front. Ah! Um, and we spent the rest of the afternoon, evening. That was my first big girl bike that didn't have training wheels. So he chased me up and down the street. But yeah, before dark, I had it. I was riding and I have been hooked ever since. <laughs> so that that is that is my favorite memory. I'll, I will always remember that and cherish that. Do you think Strider bikes have changed the bike industry? Yes. Yes, I do. Again, I don't know. Like, I don't know the numbers. Maybe they haven't changed the industry as much as they've changed the learning curve for families that choose to go that route. I think it's amazing. I've seen so many kids go straight from a Strider to a pedal bike and have no problems. Um, I wish they would have been around when I was young, but um, right. <laughs> yeah, I think they're amazing. It impresses me how quickly it gets. I feel like kids are starting younger on bikes because of oh, way bikes. younger, way younger. But again, it's the families that that choose to invest in that, the time, you know, to get their kids yeah. out on a bike. But yeah, the 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 learning curve is is way shorter because they're going from a Strider to a pedal bike. And yeah, I see kids very young. I mean, five and under on pedal bikes. They're so tiny, but they're pedaling. It's amazing. I love it. They're shredding. <laughs> they are absolutely they are. shredding. <laughs> they are. It's so fun to watch them. <laughs> to see them like in a pump track or in a, um, you know, an environment like that on those bikes. And you thought, oh, those aren't really good for that. But then you see some kid just shred a bike park. Um, and there's videos out there, people. It's just, it's a time suck for me watching kids on, on Strider bikes. And there's some, there's a few different kinds of Strider bikes out there, but I really think it's getting, I think it's maybe the kids that don't have a great balance there, there, it gives them a, a fighting chance maybe to yes. get on a bike a little bit quicker. Um, and yes. know that there is something they can do, which brings me back to the whole Nika thing, being a non-drop sport, you know, anybody can yeah. do it. And there's kids in the city that I have talked to uh, in my experience at Nike races that had never ridden a bike before. They'd never ridden a bike oh. off pavement before. Right. Right. And how magical is that to change their lives that way to sh open up this whole nother world for them again, away from screens away from, you know, you can't text while you're on your bike. Thank God. No, um, no. And you, yeah. you have to learn to communicate with, people. Yep. With your, you have to use your words. And I've, I've literally seen, a, a, there's a kid that I coached and he was in high school. It was when I was coaching for NICA. And when he began the program, he couldn't even talk to anyone. He wouldn't make eye contact. Um, and by the end, you know, a few months later, he was joining in the groups, talking and being a part of everything. And it was amazing to see that transformation. Uh, I have a similar story. There's a kid in the Nike League down in Arizona who his late first race, he was dead last his first freshman season. And by the time he was a senior, he'd lost over 100 pounds. He was second overall in varsity. And oh this will make gosh. me cry. 
He's so special to me. He just finished fourth at College Nats in the short track race. Oh, and Cody at a national collegiate race, and it's changed that kid's life. And and I think that that's another great NICA topic that we could talk about for hours. But I think this year at Worlds, we were finally contenders as a country again because of NICA, and and wow. that um, seeing those kids, you know, Katie Courtney, and and you can maybe talk more to the road bike side of things than I can. I don't know, but um, just seeing this level of um, competitiveness that came out of NICA in this country and, and just more kids in general being on bikes has also brought more adults into the sport because I think the parents are seeing their kids having fun and then the parents are saying maybe I should try this too. Right, right. I agree. I agree. But you know, I, the caveat to that is it doesn't always have to be about competition and that you you can just ride a bike for fun. And I love that in NICA and Little Bellas, we teach that as well. Just you can ride simply for the enjoyment. That's a, and a huge aha moment for me that's taken years. Uh, I had major back surgery about three years ago and thought I would be off the bike forever and I was ready to sell my bikes I was depressed I was like I was awful and I you know of course I've I've healed time heals and when I was able to finally ride again I was a shell of what I used to be and um because I'd raced before and had some success and I but I you know was like I went out of the bike industry I've I have nothing to offer um, what could I possibly offer if I'm not a badass racer? And it took time. And I mean, there was just a huge shift in me emotionally. And I've learned that I have so much more to offer now than I than I ever did before, because I'm focused on different things. I'm focused on being an advocate for women and kids and just teaching people how to ride a bike and being a part of their journey. It's different for everyone. Some people start riding because they need to lose weight and for health reasons. Some people ride because, you know, it's therapy, they're depressed, or they have a goal of, you know, they want to do a triathlon or a charity ride or just ride with their kids. And I feel like it is an honor to be a part of that journey with them, what, whatever it is. And for me, that, that has been the most important work I, I could do, is empowering people and, and teaching them that they can do more than they thought they could. I agree. And I think a bicycle, because it's easier on the body, and it's one of those things that kids, not all kids, but most kids know how to ride a bike. And I feel like most adults know how to ride a bike, but I'm shocked a lot when I go to the city, how many people don't know how to ride a bike, that that it is something that is easy on their bodies for recovery. It's something, it's one of the first things a physical therapist puts you on when you're recovering from an injury, from a wide variety of injuries. And, and I have also seen when spinning first started, how many people went from spinning class to riding outside. Right, right. And it, it you know, it's funny. I I don't ride my bike for exercise. <laughs> I ride it right because it's 
yeah, it's therapy. And it's just really fun. And I love it. I'm glad that exercise is a byproduct. But nothing, in my opinion, makes you feel like a kid again, as much as riding a bike. I'll be in the worst mood, just really crabby, and I'll get on my bike. And all of a sudden, I have just a big, goofy smile on my face. (laughs) Right? For no reason. So, yeah, it's magical. How many bikes do you have? Um, I say four and a half because my husband and I share our little Sunday bike. <laughs> so four, four bikes for that. Well, so is it, it's not a tandem that you share? No, no. Oh gosh, no. I could never do that. <laughs> I could never do that. <laughs> oh, no. well, let me just say that, um, I have tried. Thank God it got stolen. <laughs> I think we that, called that it our divorce papers. <laughs> we called yes. our tandem the divorce papers. <laughs> that's that's what I was about to say. I just don't think I could give up that control. I yeah, I just want to ride a bike by myself, <laughs> or you know, just be, be Ours, the only person on the bike. <laughs> Ours was our. It's not really a bar bike, but it was a bike we had when we lived in LA, and we would use it to go out to eat for dinner or whatever in our neighborhood and and the husband would try and drive from the back and so then I would say that um I would only ride in the back and you know I I was only a town bike by god I don't know how those people that do like there was a couple that did the tour divide from Canada to Mexico on a tandem and and, uh god love him they I don't know how much longer after that they lasted but God love them, and and um, I just man alive that that had to not only be an epic experience, but an epic challenge, um, epic in so many ways. But there's also, you know, that brings up in my brain because it's a dangerous neighborhood. It brings up the whole thing of bike touring with your family. I mean, God, I wish that I could have done that with my family. But since no one else really oh. rides bikes family that wouldn't have happened but what an amazing experience or thing to see families do today oh I agree I agree I there are so many things I wish I wish NICA would have been around as well when I was a kid but yeah the bike touring I think that that's an amazing way for families to experience bikes together and again get out of the house away from the screens and talk to each other yes it's it's very again empowering as a family, but showing the kids that they can do it with the adults and they can be competitive. And um, I have a, a family friend that there's four of them and they're all out. Basically, she's homeschooling them from the camper, and uh, to see her posts on different social medias of the things that they're experiencing as a family traveling around in this camper is is just beautiful to me and and it's very very impressive yeah that is that is amazing so what do you feel is the biggest influencer right now in the industry besides I mean we've talked a lot about kids and and women do you feel like there's something else that's a big influencer I think leading by example showing the lifestyle myself it's the greatest influencer I can be for the industry is going out and and Maybe, you know, I always give, when I'm done with my bikes, I always give them to somebody. I don't sell them. 
I typically, if I can get rid of them, that's the other part of that whole equation. But if I have a bike that I feel needs to be rehomed, I try and give it to somebody that I don't think would normally have a bike to influence or get them to be out on a bike. That, that is awesome. Wow. I'm really impressed. (laughs) I do that with clothes. I collect everyone. It seems like in town knows that I collect old, not old, but sometimes brand new, sometimes gently used cycling gear, um, bibs, jerseys, shoes, pedals, sometimes bikes. And I try to make sure if there's a, a NICA team that needs things or just a person that needs things, um, I I give those away. Um, we have a clothing drive at, at Pivot where all the employees bring in their gently used things and we take them to a NICA race and to see these kids, I mean, holy cow, unreal, like flies on something thinky. They just, <laughs> even even the ones that have some things, you know, will find something in there and, and then you'll see them wearing it at the next race or the next race. And, and I think that that's how we can share the love a little bit, you know, is, is finding things like that, that we maybe don't need or that are sitting. I also um, have a thing where I want to somehow get um, a racer in a different NICA league to donate a bike as a fundraiser for that NICA league. How can we encourage these racers to give it back and to complete a circle somehow to a kid in need or there's just, there's got to be ways out there to uh, my other big idea is the cop shops how they get rid of all the bikes that they find on the streets is there some way a nika coach or a nika somebody can get in there or even somebody like you that has a club get in there before they get rid of these bikes somehow and maybe they donate some of those bikes to a league in need or a team in need you know if there is something that's in decent shape and not trashed i would just like to encourage any any woman that is thinking about riding a bike to go for it and don't let anything stop her. Don't, don't let lack of knowledge be the reason that you don't ride a bicycle. Don't let the way you look or the clothes you have or the bike you have keep you from it because what you will gain is amazing. So go for it. Yeah. This has been Bicycle Retail Radio by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. For more information on membership and member benefits, join us at nbda.com. Bicycle Retail Radio.